if you feel empowered to come up with intentions or goals for this year, if now feels like a really good time to start, wonderful. And I'm also aware that there's a lot of like urgency and pressure and expectation that people put around new year goals. Personally, I'm, I just try to be as intentional as I can be. Does this feel good to like use the fact that it's the new year as a time to kind of like kickstart or change or shift or um, bring something into my life that doesn't exist right now? This is the Wilder Wellness Podcast, where we discuss all things body image, intuitive eating, and the wilder sides of wellness. Here we reject the diet culture messages that have kept us tame and preoccupied so we can finally build trust with our bodies, embrace true well-being, and have the confidence to take on any adventure. I'm your host, Kristen Ailes, a licensed therapist with a specialty in wilderness therapy. I've spent the last decade dedicating my studies and practice to helping women feel more connected to their bodies, build resiliency, and take up more space on and off of the trail. Tune in each week for new episodes as we chat with wellness professionals, outdoor adventure enthusiasts, and thought leaders that will leave you feeling inspired, connected, and motivated to live a life free from restriction and body shame. You'll receive tangible tools, support, and connection as you take your next steps towards creating a wilder life. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get to the show. Hello, Justine. Welcome to the podcast. Happy New Year's. Yeah, Happy New Year to you too. 2022, fingers crossed, it's better than the last decade. I don't know. I think it's going to be a good year. I feel really good. Uh, Obviously, like, first podcast with a guest so it's already off to a really great start heck yeah I'm so glad that you're doing this and I'm so excited to be here it's an (laughs) honor so everybody I'm so excited to welcome Justine Justine and I have been working together for just about like a year and a half Mm -hmm. and she is my business and mindset coach And so she has sat with me through the struggles and the successes and really helped me stay grounded when, you know, I'm like setting huge goals or maybe when I'm not pushing myself enough. And so since it's the beginning of the year, I thought Justine would be a great person to have on the podcast. And I just want to say how excited I am to have you here. Oh, thank you, Kristen. I mean, I cannot tell you how amped I am for you to be doing this podcast, to have like really seen just like the amount of dedication and passion and drive that you have in creating what you've created and in the vision that you have for the future. Um, It's been such an honor to be working with you. Like as, as far as especially business goes, like you are so solid in your processes and your vision in how you want to show up for your community. Um, So it's just been, I mean, it's, you're a joy to work with. Like you are the ideal client, a person who knows what they want and is like so willing to go get it and it's just been all about just these small tink you know tinkering moments uh in the process so i'm i'm so excited awesome well to get us started justine tell us who you are what do you do and what are some of your favorite things yeah so i am justine mollier i am a certified professional coactive coach Um, And really what that means is that I have been trained under the Coactive Training Institute um, to coach folks. Uh, I call them adventurous folks or people who identify as adventurous. 
Um, and what that means is that I typically work with people who are freelancers or creatives or entrepreneurs, um, most, most likely in the outdoors industry, that's typically where I work, um, who want to build a life or a business or create a project or serve a community in a way that aligns with what matters most to them, um, what makes them come alive. And really, it's really just about living an authentic life. Um, and I do that working with clients one-on-one or in group settings. Um, building businesses or launching projects or really just finding clarity. Um, and when I'm not, you know, doing that and talking about all the feelings because I love feelings and emotions um, and working with folks in that way, um, I typically can be found in the outdoors as well. Um, that's where I spend a lot of my time. So I'm, I'm a big snowboarder. I've traveled across the world looking for POW um, and I'm learning how to be a very mediocre outdoor woman in general. So I'm learning how to mountain bike and climb and kayak and learning how to be terrible at things has been a, a growth spot for me. Um, and then when I'm not outside, I love to like do creative things and puzzling has been, has been awoken in me again since the pandemic, which I'm so grateful for. Um, but yeah, I, I just love kind of learning how to do things, getting my hands dirty, um, and building relationships with people and like really just figuring out like what makes me come alive and, and following my curiosity. Um, and Kristen and I had the chance to meet in Bend where I was living for like three years. Uh, and now my partner and I are in Burlington, Vermont or in that area. And, you know, we're trying to do the land building a house, that whole shebang, be closer to Europe uh, and my family over there. So yeah, how's that for an all encompassing intro? All the things, I love All it. the things. I think like what comes up for me when you talk about your work is, you know, and even how you approach being new at so many different things is like this, like, yeah, I'm scared, but how can I push past the fear and do these things anyway? And like, let that be okay. Um, it's such yeah. a part of, I think our work together and also like such a fun way to show up in the world. Totally. I mean, I spent my twenties and I like very distinctly remember the moment where that, like this thought occurred to me, which was like, aren't I so tired of saying no to myself? Aren't I so tired of like looking at a life that I could have had that I just never gave myself permission to do because I was so afraid of sucking, you know, like I grew up being very competitive, especially with boys and men and I, you know, never learned how to do tricks on a snowboard because I was afraid that they would leave me behind if I ate it, you know? And so I just learned how to ride really hard and, and really steep lines instead so that I could be respected and be one of the boys. And then I worked in a male dominated industry and I just had such a need to just like be perfect or be as good, if not better. And I just woke up one day and I was like, well, that sucks because I haven't created anything. I haven't taken any risks lately. I haven't you know, felt alive. Um, and so I, I just got tired of it. And so the ethos of that is like, that's how I try to live my life in the opposite direction now is like, what can I learn? How can I screw up? What can I take from risk and failure? And also how do I liberate myself from obligations? And that's like, definitely something I carry over into my working with clients is like, how do I help liberate yourself from the confines of the world that you think that you need to live in right now? Like, how do we free you? How do we get you living in this world, like really living in it. I love that. I feel like most women past the age of 30 have just fully said like, fuck it, I'm going to suck. And like, my hope <laughs> is that we can help everybody, even if they're not 30, embrace the suck a little bit more and like, just have more fun. 
Oh, embrace the suck. I love that. Yeah. It, when I turned 30, I, I turned, like I was joking with my partner. I was like, Oh, I'm no longer relevant now. Like, I don't know if you've seen the Tina Fey, like unfuckable YouTube, like it's from a Saturday night live bit. And they're like, Oh, like I'm unfuckable now. Cause I'm like in my thirties as, as part of like act, the acting world. And I was like, now that I don't matter to society, like I get to fly under the radar. I get to do whatever I want. Like no one's holding me to standards that I will never be able to reach anyway. So like, why am I? I'm just done. Yeah. And it's interesting. Like, I think the more that we sort of like, sort of separate our appearance and like the idea of even <laughs> saying that like, I'm unfuckable. Like, I didn't think we were going to say fuck so many times on this first episode. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> But like the more that we sort of like let go of like, wow, like what is my appearance? Like, how am I appearing to other people? Um, the more that we are able to take up space and be known for greater things. And um, it doesn't mean that you're not allowed to like be sexy and love your appearance and love your body, but it does give you this freedom to take up space in greater ways. Oh, yeah, a hundred percent. I think you know, I, so I grew up, my, both of my parents are French. I grew up in both countries and, and my mom who may or may not be listening to this right now, um, was very French and how she raised her daughters. Like there, you were supposed to be somewhat presentable and like, you didn't talk about waxing your eyebrows. You didn't talk about weapons. Like, you know, there was a certain kind of, uh, like behavior expect women. She's a hardcore feminist. And yet, like, we're still supposed to be like, you know, I, I would still watch her put on her high heels as my dad would come home from work. And then I was raised by a father who like wanted to raise very independent daughters and was like very, you know, entrepreneurial. And, and so I kind of grew up in this collision and it has, it absolutely impacted my relationship with my body um, because of like what I was supposed to use my body for. Um, and especially working in a male dominated industry, like the action sports industry, where like, if you're a woman on an event, you're either deemed a pro ho or like kind of unfuckable or like not even worth being around. Um, the notion of like my body as a woman, it takes me up to like all of these mountains and I love it and respect it for that. And yet, like I was dressing so masculine because I couldn't even feel like I owned my femininity in that way. Um, and so even that's just been this process of like reclaiming those two identities in my physical form, which is like, you know, I went on a, an outward bound instructor development course when I was 27 and my relationship had just imploded. I knew I wanted to leave the action sports industry. And it was the first time where I was taught what self-care means like that taking care of my body is self-care. They're like, what's going to get you evac is a blister that gets infected or like, you know, fungus or whatever. And I was like, oh, like self-care means that I need to survive. Like I take care of my body for me. And it would just like kind of blew my mind. Um, and so now like the notion that like being in the mountains is self-care and I'm caring for my body, caring for my body does not mean that it has to be sexualized, but I also get to be feminine, but then I'm also running a business. Like it's just this like really crazy blend of identities that I've had the chance to have lately in particular because of how my body feels to me now. So I'm sure our listeners are curious, like when you say action sports and like being in that industry, it seems like this like sexy and flashy and super fun job. Mm. And now you are a, you have another dream job, which is like business coach, adventure coach. Tell us about how you started Just a Wild Thought and like how, how that happened. Yeah. Um, so I 
kind of to even backtrack further, I went to the University of Vermont pretty much to snowboard. Um, I knew I wanted to work in the snowboarding industry. And I knew that if I was passionate about something, I could be really driven, like stubbornly driven. And I also was scared of what it meant to do something that I would that, that didn't light me up. I think I already had that awareness of like, ooh, this passion thing, it kind of like sets you alive and sets you apart and like takes you to a place that you don't think you're capable of in any other way. So like maximize on that. And so I moved to the Alps, the French Alps, pretty much right after I got my degree. Um, I had been working the snowboarding industry in, in Vermont, moved to the Alps, wanted to utilize the fact that I was bilingual and bicultural to like basically find anyone who could hire me on events because I was going to work for the X Games. Um, and so, you know, over the course of all of this, I worked for the X Games, you know, in team in Barcelona and Aspen. Um, and I didn't want to live in Connecticut because who does? JK, sorry. Um, and to work for ESPN. And so I just started contracting. I started building an events business. I started working in media and social media. And it was a dream job. Like 21 year old me could not believe where 27 year old me ended up. Like I was making good money. I had a reputation. I was working on all these projects. I was getting sought out. And I was also incidentally, absolutely miserable. Um, a, a relationship had imploded, but also I think more important than that is I wasn't, I didn't feel like I was making an impact. I was just selling, helping Red Bull sell more Red Bull kind of. And I was missing that human piece that I'd been craving. And that's kind of when I started thinking about wilderness therapy or outdoor education, or, you know, how can I create an environment where women won't be harassed in this industry or where I can mentor women in particular, or where I can utilize some of the things that I've had access to as a person of privilege and give that back. And so that's kind of why I ended up doing the Outer Bound course. And that course kind of like ruined my life in a way, quote unquote, because it made me hundred percent sure that I was not gonna work in this industry anymore. And I had a contract I needed to honor. So I went, I moved to Innsbruck and then I made another random decision to move to you know San Francisco. And I just kept repeating these mistakes. I was like, who am I doing this for? Like, I can't, why? And I literally Googled coach, not therapy, but help San Francisco. And I found a coach and that was kind of the beginning of the end, like three sessions in, I was like, I don't know. I didn't know what her training was. I didn't care, but I knew that like the job that I had would only honor endurance, resilience and reputation. And I was like, that is not worth staying in this job for. And then I was hooked. I was like, I want the gift that she had given me. I wanted to give somebody else. I wanted to to like just literally come in here and reach into my soul and be like, oh yeah, the weight that you've been carrying, like, whoop, that's gone. Now what? I love hearing this because, you know, and working with you and knowing you for a couple of years, like when I think about you and the work that you do, I think of passion instantly. Like that is a word that I would use to describe you, especially when it comes to your work. You show up so wholeheartedly. Um, and so I can see the passion and so hearing a little bit behind like how you got there what inspired it is really cool oh yeah thanks I mean and likewise like that's the privilege that it's been to kind of see you in the mastermind that we do because I see not that you're not obviously a therapist in that you're not you know, a clinician in that but just like the the level of reflection like you have a laser focused eye on like ooh, and we're just going to get to the core of that and I'm going to talk I'm going to ask you a question about the core of that like it's something that I've 
been so inspired by like your your ability to just like just it's almost like you have an elevator to the core of them their heart and you're like I'm curious what's here and they're like exploded and then I ruined the whole session (laughs) no no and then they're like oh shit it just got real deep real intense and I think I'm gonna have to answer that and like that's where the richness comes from yeah so how, so we could talk about our group for a long time, Forever. but tell us like, so how did you go from moving from place to place to place, like not feeling the momentum or not feeling the inspiration to starting this business that you have now? I think to the detriment of my parents, I'm incredibly stubborn. And like, once something becomes clear, like you can't unsee what you've seen. And I think I, I even was going through my journals away, you know, way back and I think even when I was like around 17, I remember writing something along the lines of like, the soul wants what it wants and you might as well just give it to it because it's going to get it eventually. And I feel like that very much applies to me even still now is like the minute I get clarity on something, the minute I've seen around, you know, the trails bend of like a a view, the, the minute I feel like something I'm like, oh, well, there it is. Like no questions asked, we're going Um, And that, that really happened for me sitting in that place, in that office in San Francisco, you know, I was working this job that I had kind of taken in my head for myself when really it was to please my dad, uh, funnily enough. Um, And I just was like, okay, like I'm going to leave this job and I need an exit strategy and I'm going to figure out how to become a coach and I'm going to start my business again because I'm really fortunate in that my father has been an entrepreneur my whole life and my extended family is full of entrepreneurs as well. And it's always been, it's not something that felt inaccessible. It's something that was a very tangibly evident outcome and like, oh yeah, people make a living being an entrepreneur. You make a living creating business like duh. And so it was just more like of a how, as opposed to uh, can I do this or should I do this? And that is also, I'm incredibly privileged to not have had student loans that I had to pay off, right? So there's, there's, a whole, there's a whole journey that I was able to take up until that point to make all my mistakes the first time around. I, I'm still owed a $5,000 contract, like from a handshake contract that I made working in events, right? So like I made a lot of mistakes, which is why I love coaching freelancers now. Cause I'm like, Ooh, let's make sure that you get the tools that I did not. Um, so while still working at this company, I started doing the certification or the curriculum. So a three-day intensive each month, um, like you're getting a hundred coaching hours in that short amount of time. You're really developing all the skills. Uh, and then we moved to Bend. We quit the job. We made, you know, we like settled in Bend. And then I did the certification program. And as part of the certification program in the coactive model, you have to have paying clients. So obviously I was like charging like maybe $15 a session at first, but you're getting mentorship. Like you're submitting calls to mentor coaches who are giving you feedback in real time about like, here's this, you know, you could utilize this and this. So over time I was, I was building a client base and then COVID happened and, you know, everyone's normal completely came to a crashing halt. And I didn't have anything to give people. Like I I couldn't hire people. I couldn't pay people. And my, the only way that I figured I could get kind of give back to the outdoors community was with coaching. And so I offered, you know, this online community, um, free coaching. And I had, you know, I was only going to take like 10 people. I took 45 people and built a team, you know, group coaching curriculum around that. And things just kind of bleed from there because, you know, I guess, well, I guess, no, I'm going to refrain from my humility. I was helping people 
get what they wanted. And that speaks for itself. And so it's been word of mouth ever since really. And just kind of mushrooming and me feeding the beast and coming up with more things to create and getting excited and building partnerships. And that's kind of how it really just like blossomed into what it is today. You like fully sent it. <laughs> sent it hard. Yeah. And, and I'm also super aware I had the, you know, we talk about like entrepreneurs being risk takers. And also I think it's important to highlight that they're risk mitigators. You know, you and I talk about this sometimes in terms of like, are you really setting yourself up for success? If you're like backed into a corner financially, if like it's, it's feast or famine, or like you can't pay your rent tomorrow, if you don't land a client, like there's a certain energy that that brings to your business, which might not be the right one. So I was really fortunate where the job that I had in San Francisco set me up for stability and enough of an on-ramp to like, as you're saying, send it and like put all of my energy into it. Um, and so I think I want to make sure I normalize, like it, I didn't just like happily ever after make this thing happen. And because I had such a, an on-ramp where my financial situation allowed me to send it to. Yeah. Thanks for saying that, Justine. I don't want everyone to quit their jobs and not have any security because you're right. Like it doesn't feel good when your basic needs are not being met and you're not making good business decisions. You don't come from a creative place. It feels like really fiendish. So thanks for saying that. Yeah. I think Elizabeth Gilbert has that in her book, Big Magic. She talks about like, when did we start like making it cool that artists couldn't feed themselves? Like, no, feed yourself. Because if you're like covering, I mean, Maslow's hierarchy needs, if you're feeding the baseline, like then you get to reach self-actualization. Um, and so that's something I work with on client with clients all the time is like, what's your on-ramp and like what feels safe? Because this is already scary enough as it is. You don't need to like risk not being able to pay the mortgage. We don't need that fear. And that doesn't do anyone any justice. Totally. When I think about your work, not only is it like creating sustainability and like long-term growth and success, it's like very like much about pacing, but also, you know, one of the things I love about working with you is you talk a lot about like values and alignment mm. and not just um, how much money you can make or like, you know, like having these like huge goals that are only monetary um tell me about like the importance of like feeling aligned to your values when it comes to this kind of work yeah I mean I think we intuitively all intuitively know what it feels like to be doing things for other people um we all kind of have a natural tendency like we have coping mechanisms that we have been conditioned to have right for some of us it might be people pleasing for other for others it might just be like achieving in order to receive validation for others it might be like you know, being the victim, because if we're helpless, then we get help. Um, and so I think we all know what it's like to be almost like unaligned or out of sorts a little bit, and also to be doing things for the wrong reason. Like that job I took was not because I was like, oh, this is my dream. It was like, oh, maybe my dad will love me. He does love me. He, I didn't need to take that, that job, side note, but like, um, it, it felt like that, right? I was trying to make him happy, and there's a reason that didn't work out. So I think the soul wants what it wants. Like we we know who we are, I think intuitively, and we can build so much more momentum if we work in tandem with that. There's already so much tension. There's already so many barriers. There's already so many challenges. Like why make it harder on ourselves when we could actually just like, you know, flow with ourselves, you know, it's like, I'm clearly not a boater or a kayaker, but like, you know, fighting the current exhausting. 
when the going gets tough, you need to be compelled towards something. You can't just constantly be running away from something. So I kind of think about it in terms of like, you know, you're backpacking, you're maybe a little lost, like nighttime is starting to creep in. You're starting to get scared. Isn't it much easier to feel more confident about where you're going when you have a map or when you have a flashlight or when you have a compass or when you know like what summit it was that you were trying to achieve in the first place and that you can see that mountain in the mountain range. Like it's so much easier if you have wayfinding points. Um, and I think values are that. Values to me are our internal compass. They're like what we are naturally inclined to want to honor. And then having the vision and having clarity around what it is that you're working towards, that's kind of that mountain range in the distance of like, hey, you know what? I, I don't know if it's right or left today, but like, I know that it's over there. And like, that makes me feel good. That makes me feel safe. I don't know if I answered your question. Lots of metaphors in there. So Justine, will you tell us a little bit about how you help people figure out their values or really like feel steady and grounded in those things? Yeah. I mean, I think that's like really kind of the big question. A lot of the time is like, what's important to me and how do I honor that? And what are the choices that I make around that thing? Um, so for example, I work with a lot of people who call themselves adventurous, but adventure can look different for all of us, right? For, for one of us, maybe adventurous is launching a business and maybe for others, adventurous is, you know, wandering an urban area without a Google, you know, a Google map out open. Um, so I think when it comes to values, it's really about kind of starting to pay attention. Like, what is it that I loved about that? What made me come alive? Um, a great exercise that I do with clients all the time is kind of called peak experience. And so it's really thinking through what is, what is an example of a time that lit me up and like really getting into the nitty gritty of it? Like, was it because I was around people? Was it because I was in nature? Was it, and just like starting to identify the categories of, of things that you knew lit you up inside. Those are probably your values and, and are important to you. And so then it's thinking about, well, how can I honor more of that in this next thing? You know, and you can do that in tons of different realms. Like, let's say you're working for a company and your job is mediocre, but you know that one of your values is creativity. How can you honor creativity more in that job? Maybe it's talking to your boss and seeing if you can take ownership over a project. Maybe you like the visioning piece more than the execution. And so it's kind of coming to the strategy conversation. So I think it's really about the, the short answer is it's really about starting to build that self-awareness and really following like little peaks of aliveness that are like, Ooh, that's like, I was like a lightning bug. And I want to know like why, why that like spoke to me and, and giving yourself permission to like dig in a little bit and be like, Oh, you know, it's because of innovation and creativity and visioning. And that really speaks to me. And this one is like, Oh, it's community and family and love. Um, so I think the, yeah, I think it's really about paying attention and then tinkering and practicing and seeing what comes out of that. Yeah, I when we did that exercise um, together, one of the things that I pulled out for myself was new experiences. Mm. And having new experiences as one of my values was really has helped me sort of craft um, a career and a life that feels sustainable you know I'm not the kind of person that can show up and do the same thing over and over and over again even if it's meeting with clients um the reason why I don't see like 25 people in private practice is because I don't think I could be present for that and so for me it's like how through that work and the work that we've done together I've been able to 
create like more of a um, sustainable career that's like, okay, like on Mondays, I'm going to do this. And on Tuesdays, I'm going to do that. And it's always sort of changing rather than showing up and doing the same thing over and over and over again. And it's definitely made, this is the longest that I've like stuck with something for a really long time. And mm -hmm. it's because it's always so new. And so that's been really helpful for me. Yeah, that's awesome. It's, it's so great that you were also able to like, I kind of, I always refer to it as like, you were able to sprinkle in that novelty, right? Like novelty or new experiences to you might not be like maybe the dream scenario, the, the, the thing on a scale 10 is like bouncing around from country to country. Maybe that's what you're craving, but the fact that you're able to like at volume five, it looks like this right now. Um, I think that's amazing. And, and it's, well, I, I guess I'll ask you the question, how aligned do you feel with the way that you're utilizing your time and energy now? Oh, I feel really good. And it's taken a long time. You know, a lot of mistakes myself would be like, okay, I'm going to take this full-time job. Like, Ooh, this really doesn't feel good. Mm. <laughs> and I've had to like learn that lesson again and again and again. That's like, Kristen, you couldn't sit through eight hours of school. Like, how are you supposed to sit through 40 hours of doing the same thing every single day? You know, it's sort of like honoring that, like, that's not wrong. I just need to sort of design my life around these values and um, I feel really good. <clears throat> and yeah, I got that value from, you know, my peak experience was traveling around the US in my truck. And like, mm. that was the most alive I ever felt. And I uh, can't do that every day. And so this is really helpful. <laughs> yeah. And what I love is you said two things that I really want to highlight here too, in terms of like the, how do we apply it? The first is you talked about this doesn't feel good, or this does feel good. And I think a lot of us out there don't necessarily want to believe that we have to feel it. Like we have to feel it in order to know what it's telling us. Um, a lot of us want to think it. It's like, oh, I think this will work. I think, I think I'll like that. I think this, I think that. And it's like, actually, chances are like your, your brain's not really going to lead you in the right direction. It's more like, how are you going to feel in that moment? Um, and then the second piece is what I heard is giving yourself permission, having that be okay. Like you're an individual, we're all individuals. We all have different ways of functioning. And it sounds like you're really trying to give yourself permission to like function differently and function to your special sauce. Um, and I think, you know, when, when your original question is like, oh, how do you do it? It's that, it's like feel, feel and then learn about yourself and then give yourself permission to, to be who you are. Yeah, it's like so body-based. Mm -hmm. So one thing that I really want to talk about with you um, has been the connection between body image and our aligning with our passion, our purpose, especially around running a business. Mm. I know for me, when I've been running my business, it's given me so much more confidence and self-esteem in all areas of life because now, you know, like I'm like using my brain to think about other things other than like the size of my pants or like what I'm eating that day, or like, did I meet my steps goal? You know, mm -hmm. like it's been really beneficial for me feeling more well-rounded than just being a body. And I'm curious if you can speak to that or tell me if you've had a similar experience. Oh man. Yeah. I mean, I think my, I'll first answer the question in terms of, because I feel like they're two almost separate experiences that I've had with my body. And the first is what coaching gave me as a coactive coach, we're coaching holistically. So we are really, um, leaning into embodiment as part of our coaching practice. 
And embodiment was by far the hardest part of the training that I had to come to terms with because for a whole variety of reasons, stemming from disordered eating, body language, trauma, I have been very dissociated with my body since I can remember. Um, and I had to come to terms hard with that in our training. And thankfully we are being coached the entire time as we are coaching, as we're building in this skill set. So there was no better place for me to like come to like kind of come to this. Um, so coaching really forced me to begin trusting my body as a vessel of knowledge and wisdom when it was like, basically I had base, I had tried to like wrench closed for the longest time. Um, and I had to force open that tap again, even if it was just to get enough drips to start being able to communicate with clients in that way. Coaching required me to deal with my shit that I thought I'd be able to avoid forever. Um, simply because I'm doing my clients a disservice if I'm not asking them to engage in their body because I'm unwilling to engage in mine. Um, and that's been a really big catalyst for me in terms of like a lot of my body work and a lot of my self-love in that context. Um, and then in terms of like running a business, I can so identify with what you brought up in terms of like, my brain has a lot of more important shit to do than focus on my body or, and not just my body, but like hating my body, right? Like I am loving so much more who I am as a person and what I'm bringing to the table that like my, my body and how it's being perceived and its value in society just like is so irrelevant. I will say that the only time that like being in business has kind of like still confronted me with that is on Instagram, you know, like with the trends of Instagram, it's like, oh, like now they want to see your face more when all I was posting was landscape and everyone seemed content with that. Um, so I had, I did a couple photo shoots where I had to confront like, oh, but am I showing up physically the way that I want to be? And like, do I like this photo? And I should have told my photographer to maybe remind me to stand up straight because blah, blah, blah. But yeah, my energy now is being so channeled into something that feels empowering that I don't have the, the time or the energy for that self-loathing anymore. And I'm, that's not to say that it's gone forever, but um, because of the coaching and the business building, I have, I now hold myself to a whole different value standard than I ever have. The, the voices that in the past would have like completely ripped me apart like they're just whispers now. They don't have the megaphone anymore. Yeah, I love that. You know, when I'm doing body work with my clients, mm -hmm. a lot of like how we end the program is thinking about like, okay, like, so let's find some purpose and you don't need to go start a business. That's not the goal for everybody. Yeah. Totally different, but finding something else that you can put your energy into and feel proud of yourself for and like work towards that isn't related to the scale. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I find that like we're feeding our souls, right. As we're, as we're building and tinkering. And I also find that like, especially for us who are, for some of us who are perfectionists and especially hold ourselves to un un unreachable standards, like compassion and growth and like honoring values of growth and compassion and learning in one context, make it a lot easier for like it to kind of seep into the body piece um, I still find that as an outdoors person, I, I confront my, I call it the beast. It's my body saboteur. Um, I confront it fairly regularly when I'm challenging myself. I, when, you know, when I'm breathing hard, when, when I'm like, you know, I'm, I start like disintegrating into like, oh, I can't believe I'm this out of shape and like, da, 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 and, and then I pause and I'm like, and I'm outside. Right. Like, and then it's kind of coming back into the body through being present, but, 
um, yeah, we just, we're feeding ourselves holistically. And so I just, I find that it's, it's not, it's not a question of distraction. It's a question of like channeling that energy, channeling that brain power, channeling that trust. It comes back. I'm so happy that we know each other. (laughs) I know. Same, same. And what, you know, obviously people don't know is when I first moved to Ben, and I was really still struggling with a lot of this body work, I even called you. I was like very keen to work with you. And I realized that there was like other things that I had, you know, in my body image, like story that, uh, that had to be dealt with differently. But like, I distinctly remember thinking this is the right person because your approach with nature and movement alongside the body work. I was like, this is exactly the kind of model that I need. Yeah. So thank you for doing what you do. And I'm so happy that you're not my client so we can do stuff like this. And yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so really to sort of like round out our conversation, I'm curious, it's the new year. A lot mm. of people are thinking about, you know, goal setting, setting intentions, Um, whether or not they're about their bodies or what they want to accomplish this year. Tell us how you feel about New Year's goals, resolutions, intentions, and how you approach that. My relationship to New Year and to kind of like the whole New Year's frenzy that can happen around goals is like just, it's kind of detached caution almost. It's if you feel empowered to come up with intentions or goals for this year, if now feels like a really good time to start, wonderful. Like we are hum- like it's kind of a human habit to want to start with a fresh page, right? Like the fresh page of the notebook. Um, and I'm also aware that there's a lot of like urgency and pressure and expectation that people put around New Year goals. Personally, I'm I just try to be as intentional as I can be. Does this feel good to like use the fact that it's the new year as a time to kind of like kickstart or change or shift or um, bring something into my life that doesn't exist right now? Um, and I think if the answer to that is yes, the way that I typically like to handle intentions or goal settings is I kind of break it down in values because I am quite a perfectionist because I can get excessive in terms of like the, the check marks and the, you know, the, I've hit my goal. And like, now I'm going to move on to the next thing. I purposefully keep them kind of not fuzzy, but like fluid. So what I tend to do is I tend to write down like five values that I really want to focus on, on um, embracing or honoring that month or in the year, for example, and like habit tracking that. And, you know, they're broad. So it's nature, it's honoring nature, it's honoring movement, it's honoring nourishment, um, which to me are kind of like thinking about food and thinking about, you know, being active and thinking about nature. But if I had like the most amazing pizza and I got to relish every ounce of that cheese goodness, you bet your ass I'm going to color in nourishment, right? Because it's like, I'm giving myself as much props for like feeding my taste buds as I am for feeding my body. Um, Or if like I go for a walk and I really didn't want to, but I went for a walk and I embraced movement, like that also gets, you know, I, I draw that in. So I think, I think it's really awesome to be able to track progress. I think we like building momentum and I think that's really important for us, but I would just be very intentional about what metrics you're using to give yourself props. So, you know, if like you're trying to learn French, like my partner is, maybe it's like less about like how many words he can memorize in a month, but rather like how much effort he put into it. Like that feels like a much more resonant 
intention or resonant goal. So the thing that I would say about New Year's is like, just be intentional, do what feels good, kind of check in with yourself, A, B test certain things, get a system down that feels empowering and not that feels like an opportunity for you to like punish yourself in the future. I love that. Yeah, it's like a lot of like, hey, like let's not do the extreme, but like continuously check in with yourself um, rather than like going hard in either which way. Yeah, like, you know, excess isn't awesome and I'm still working with balance, right? Um, But I think, yeah, I think, there's a certain generosity that comes with like wiggle room. And a lot of us are afraid of too much wiggle room. Like, oh, I'm not ever gonna hold myself accountable if I keep letting myself off the hook. But it's also like, yeah, but we can't be excessive about it. So like, what is the sweet spot where we can kind of like dance in that fluidity? Awesome. So Justine, if people have been listening to this and they're like, I have got to work with this human, tell <laughs> us about who you like to work with and what sort of things that you offer. The people I like to work with are people who like to change, who like to grow, who like to challenge themselves and, and want to rise to their potential. Um, that's also why I find that outdoor oriented or adventurous people are those people you like, you know, they honor self-discovery, they honor challenge, they honor, um, you know, awareness, they honor passion. Um, so you don't have to be a small business owner or an entrepreneur or a creative or a freelancer. If that is how you express your authentic self, then heck yeah, I love working on the business end. I love working on the creative um, piece and, and strategy and like really bolstering that. Um, and if you're also looking for clarity, like if you're also struggling with knowing that right now you're not getting what you need out of your own life, that's, that's equally relevant and equally important. Um, so I work with folks uh, one-on-one. So we do two sessions a month for typically like six months. Um, that's kind of what my normal contract looks like. I work with people in a group setting. Um, so I have those uh, every um, like once or twice a year. I do a couple accelerator programs here and there where it's like more of a crash course, you know, especially on the business building thing, uh, end of it. And then I just launched what I call momentum sessions, which are kind of these one-off deep dive coaching sessions with accountability built in and with an action plan that we co-create to really set you up for success. And so that'll be happening in January and February for those people excited to use the new year as a way of like propelling themselves forward. Um, And then whatever else I come up with, because I love creating things when there's a need. So whatever, whatever Kristen and I come up with next, really. (laughs) Is there anything else that you want to leave us with today? Give yourself permission, liberate yourself, get to know yourself because that's a beautiful relationship to have. Um, Take action, pause, do whatever you need to do to, to like feel like yourself and like you deserve, you deserve to live a life that looks like you. And, and you don't, you don't have to, be burdened with the obligation of living a life for somebody else and, and find help, find support, find a community, you know, like you don't have to do it alone either. Thank you so much, Justine. I love this. This was so fun. (laughs) This was so fun. Yeah. I'm sure that we'll hear from you again in this space. And I'm excited to share the work that you do with everybody in my community. So thank you for being here. Thank you so much. And uh, likewise, and I cannot wait for you to share your wisdom with my audience and my community as well. Awesome. Thanks, Justine. I'll see you soon. 
I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Wilder Wellness Podcast. If you loved this episode, head on over to rate and subscribe. New episodes drop each week. I can't wait to catch up with you on and off of the trail. See you then.